It's Wednesday, April 6th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 247. Russ is doing some work stuff in Austin today and unable to join us. It's me and Tyler as your hosts today, and we have a listening audience. I will let them decide if they want to speak up or just hang out in the background. But uh, what's going on, Tyler? How are you? You're good, man. Just uh, another... Wonderful morning. It's actually really pretty outside, but I am not outside. Yes. I can just see it. It's not the same. Yeah, it's nice. It's much cooler than it was yesterday. Yesterday, uh, it was like 95 in the afternoon. Like, yeah, it evening. got hot. I, yeah, I take my kids to uh, to CrossFit from 5 to 6.30 or whatever, and they have their own 45-minute classes, and I, I do mine, whatever. But the heat, like the air itself that was blowing, like the wind was blowing, and the wind was hot. You know, it was like... There's yeah, only a few like times. A hair dryer. Ever, yes. The worst I've ever felt that was when I was in Australia. And there's something about the way that like when it gets super hot there and the wind comes like out to the ocean from the outback, and it just feels like an oven. Right. I don't know. It's crazy. You're being convected. Yes. It it's crazy. Convection. This day in history, April 6th, we'll actually start with the real day. The United States officially enters World War One. We're going to test whether or not you were paying attention in AP US history here. I was not. I don't know when any of the World Wars started. I remember bits and pieces about how the World Wars got started. Oh, the First World War. Mm-hmm. The First Great War. Yeah, I don't know my dates. Not the 20s. <laughs> yeah, before that. No, I know. I, 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 the twenties, what roared after that? Um, was it was early 1900s though, wasn't it? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with like 1914. No, 1917. That's Very yeah, close. Okay. close. Yeah. Enough. Sorry, you're about to correct yourself. So 1914 is when World War One erupted. Ah, so that's, that's when, when it got. That's when it got rolling. But it. That's right. That's when it, when it started. Happened. Yep. And our president pledged neutrality. For the United yeah. States, uh, and then we got pulled into it as tensions arose between the U.S. and Germany. So yeah, that was because, um, yeah that was uh, that was the one that started with the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, right? Ferdinand. That was that was mm-hmm. one, was it not? Maybe I don't know. I think so I think uh, yeah. I think it created a little powder keg moment there that started drawing the powers in. Could be wrong. I don't right. have any major tech news off of that. <laughs> but that was today. <laughs> Might just be a, a one uh, barely tech-related history kind of day. What's yeah, in the news? that was it. <laughs> There's nothing else really there. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is the closest thing I can find an here. Exciting day. Yeah, I'll edit some of this stuff down. I hope. 2001: A Space Odyssey was released in theaters on April 6th. Ooh. Stanley Kubrick's. Really? Uh, Amazing film. Yep. 80. What do you think? What year? Would you say 84? Yeah. 68. Well, I was way off, but I wasn't yeah. born yet. So I feel like that one was relevant enough that I heard a lot about it growing up. That's actually kind of cool. I guess it's kind of like Citizen Kane. You know, that was an older movie. Uh, Ahead of its time, though, for 68, wouldn't you say? Oh, well, clearly, yeah. No, no, but that's what I was starting to say. I mean, there's a little bit of a pun I there, remember, but at the same I remember time, a lot about it. Yeah. When I was young, which is why I just assumed it was released close to when I was born, because I wouldn't have remembered anything in that time time frame. But I knew it was uh, 
before I got into movies or anything like that. So I did not realize that it was like decades <laughs> before that yeah. period. Yeah. A film like that to feature, you know, space and uh, highly intelligent computers and all kinds of stuff for that to come out in 68. That's impressive. Yeah, it really is. That is neat. Um, all right. Speaking of highly intelligent computers, I saw this morning on the verge that um, the first autonomous x-ray analyzing AI was cleared for use in the EU, um, which I think oh, is really right. neat because I, the medical scanning side of artificial intelligence and vision systems, right, has kind of been... I feel like it's been in the forefront of the documentation of AI for quite some time. Um, and there, there it's, it's a, a hairy topic, obviously, you know, think about false positives, false negatives, having um, an artificial intelligence that's going to flag something as clear or not clear, and then actually send sort of reports to patients um, automatically, really reducing the burden on, you know, like radiological staff or stuff like that has some inherent risk, but um, apparently it is uh, successful enough, which must mean wildly low error rates. Um, <clears throat> it's been uh, passed so that it can scan um, images specifically of chest x-rays. And if it's clear, it can auto-generate a report and send it to patients um, just saying that there's, you know, no... Uh, nothing was identified. And if it sees anything abnormal, then it goes to a human um, radiological staff. To, okay. to actually I like that better. At. The way you said it no, initially, no. where it was just automatically sending results to patients. I do not like that. But well, the fact yeah, that no, it, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Finish that. Well, just, just the fact that it can, what interests me is the, the, the fact that it can catch other things, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the humans, they're going to know what they're looking for. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, radiology tech but radiology. I, I have to assume that they understand okay this person is in here we're checking for this that or the other so that way they know they're looking for this that or the other the ai maybe Probably doesn't some know that. that and they're going to test and check against everything right so they're also yeah, going they're to notice all these other them. minor changes yeah yeah exactly especially yep. against patients patients that um may have some slow growing cancer or something like this, or, or something mm -hmm. is changing just slightly. And in chest x-ray example, oh, uh, and yeah. there's lots of patients that do this monthly, they go get monthly chest, chest x-rays to, to track for something. And then if the AI can, yeah. can, can see minute changes over time, yeah, because these aren't the clearest, cool. most detailed photos, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if an AI yeah. can track pixels moving and how they align and all this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's um, gosh, really I, cool. I wonder if I wonder if they can get that level of granularity. I'm not saying that the AI couldn't. I'm certain of that. But I would think that it's actually difficult to get pixels aligned in a in an X-ray uh, of a human. We're we're squirmy and squishy little meat bags. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, but that's no, true. it's that's a really good point. Um, I, I kind of intentionally proposed it that way because th they are literally, um, you know, scanning the images and sending reports, but they're only doing it under certain circumstances, which yeah. I agree is is actually a really cool way to do it. Um, and I, I think we're going to see more and more of that, especially in the medical field where looking at, I imagine we have a pretty significant body of evidence that says most people that have this biopsy done or this x-ray done or this MRI done or something like that, you know, have either a certain subset of anomalies or like nothing. I bet there's an awful lot of just 
let's do the scan. Okay, nothing is wrong. Moving on. Um, yeah. If you know what that looks like as a baseline, uh, handing off the it's really nothing, there's no chance, not even something ultra minute, right? Something that an AI might be really good at just saying, hey, that's weird, or most people don't have that there. And then you, you kick that off to a human, you spotlight it and say, hey, there's something funny here. And then a human can look at it and say, no, actually, that's not funny at all. Or, yeah, that's unusual, but it's not dangerous, right? Like it's anomalous without being concerning. That that still quickens the amount of time necessary for a professional to look at it. But I think mm-hmm. you could get down a rabbit hole in that case where if the AI doesn't highlight it, then you get a little lazy and don't look at the rest. And I wonder, I wonder how long before you know reliance starts to become an issue. If, if that's even how it works, it might not be. It might, they might not get that report for that exact reason, and they get to look it over and then compare it after they've already done their analysis. Who knows? Yeah, but I think it's gonna be cool. Absolutely. Um, in a little bit health-related stuff, I just saw that the U.S. environmental officials just issued proposals to ban asbestos, which I had imagined we already did. No, I don't think it was banned um, in all uses. I think there were still some industrial uses. I think there are certain places and certain um, use cases where it is. I believe it was was banned for any like construction material because there's a high likelihood that that gets torn down. And and I'm I don't remember this. I didn't follow it closely, but um, that's one of those funny ones you run into Reddit a lot people will start doing work on their old houses and say, oh, like, oh, crap, I started tearing into the floor and I'm seeing this. Is that asbestos? And there's a surprising number of professionals that will respond and just say yes or no or whatever. But oftentimes it'll kind of go down a a rabbit hole to sort of the historical. And uh, it it sounds like there are still times and places because it, it's a particularly useful material um for oh, an sure. insulator right that's why yeah, we insulator put it and i think it's a fire retardant as well right right and so uh it it does make sense not to put it into any application that's ultimately going to get torn down stirred up um especially because folks that have to mitigate that are are at risk more than probably anyone else i i, I understand it even with asbestos like Small exposures are unlikely to cause problems, but if your job was ripping out asbestos ceiling tiles for days on end, weeks, hmm. months, etc., then you're very likely well, to have problems. It's listed as a known deadly carcinogen, right? And it's linked <laughs> to nearly uh, seriously though, it, and it's linked to nearly forty thousand right. deaths in the U.S. every year, wow. and two hundred fifty-five thousand deaths worldwide every year. Yeah, that's incredible. It's been it's been banned in at least seventy countries around the world. So does it say what, what it was still allowed to be used in? Like I, That's what I'm trying to now? find here. It causes mesothelioma and cancer of the lungs, larynx, and ovaries, uh, in addition to plural diseases such as... Oh, very uh, interesting. That's a super interesting one to have associated with asbestos, in my opinion. It, it also says strongly associated with cancer of the pharynx, stomach, and colorectal. Mm, interesting. It's interesting, yeah. Yikes. Also. But I guess it's still used in like roofing materials and can also be found in sheet gaskets, really? brake blocks, aftermarket automotive brakes, and linings currently. Mm, so now they're proposing a ban that would prohibit yeah, all manufacturing, all processing, all importation, and all commercial distribution of the products. I wonder. I, I don't understand why this didn't happen. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm curious if we didn't have uh, access to inexpensive materials that you know had enough of the same properties, or if it was determined that um, alternatives were not worth the low risk of having asbestos in a break, for instance, right? Like, were 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 we seeing trends that said that asbestos lined brake pads are causing those you know medical conditions, or or maybe we weren't. And maybe now it's uh, it's just that there's enough data to show okay well you know ten people probably die a year because we have two twenty million you know breaks with asbestos in them or something and there's a better alternative so we're done with it yeah it's probably to the point it's probably just to the point of uh, the fact that it's a um, a known deadly carcinogen and they're like sure. hey figure out something else <laughs> stop uh, I don't know this. I don't I don't feel like we're that good at legislating known deadly carcinogens away i mean uh i think cigarettes would fall into that category too sure and uh we don't yeah. seem to care so much about getting rid of them completely hmm. yeah i don't know i just it surprised me i just i thought asbestos yeah. was like like the only asbestos left would was is just you know like you were saying asbestos from from old uh old buildings old installations i can't believe yeah. it, it still being used in roofing tiles like that seems like a right disaster yeah hmm. eh. anyway hey uh are we done talking about elon is that over? no because i didn't even get to with the twitter stuff wasn't here you didn't get to tell me tell me what you think do you think he, well, I, I think I'll it's hilarious you. i think it's hilarious that he started toying around with it and then uh just turns around and spends some of his billions on uh, on twitter also uh as an owner of twitter stock i was happy to see that everyone thought that was a good idea so yay for that cheers to you elon but um i am really curious to see what fingerprints he's going to leave on the platform because he he is obviously very outspoken and uh i would say the most concerning line of I guess tweets from him as far as we often touch on, which is the the Second Amendment and or sorry, not the Second Amendment, but the uh, the um the but the for, the first the um freedom of speech, right? That this idea that a social platform is somehow constitutionally constrained in what it can and can't guide on its platform as as the government is constrained by the, yeah. the constitution and um that makes no sense at all from mm -hmm. a, a legal perspective and and i'm i'm bummed that he seems to be whether he doesn't understand it or he in, is intentionally ignoring the fact <laughs> either way it's irritating I'm gonna go with the latter he's playing I'm with, yeah i think so too he's intentionally conflating you know what what a platform can and should be able to do as far far as uh, regulating content and what is legal from a private corporation's ability to regulate content. And, and I don't mm. like that because I am of the opinion that we don't need regulation to tell social media platforms what they can and can't host necessarily. And I'm, I got a big old asterisk up in the, up in the sky on that one, because I think, anything that is causing harm goes down to a different rabbit hole and needs to be investigated. But I, again, I like don't know that regulation is necessarily the answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're real good at this in general. Um, 
but other than that, like I'm excited because I think he he will no matter how you look at it, he's gonna breathe more life into Twitter. And he's such a just a magnanimous person that it's going to it's probably going to be good for the platform. And I like Twitter for the most part. Um so I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh I'm excited to see if he will have influence over features that that maybe get included or or don't get included. Um, he's obviously got a pretty solid track record for uh, bucking trends and and doing what he thinks is the right thing, regardless of what the world thinks is the right thing. And so that's exciting because perhaps it leads to innovation in the Twitter yeah. space as well. So I think it's overall it's a good thing. Um, but I, I also think that he's a, a total loose cannon in certain situations. So sure. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that we need an Elon Musk operating a social media platform. Well, uh, tell me, I mean, Twitter Twitter is used to having um, a CEO that is kind of half sort of involved, right? Sure. I.e. Jack Dorsey. How long do you think until he replaces Parag as the CEO? Ooh, uh, or do you think he needs to do that in order to make? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Um, I well, yeah, and and I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I I don't. Look, I don't know Elon Musk at all, really. But looking from the outside in, do you really think he wants to be the CEO? I don't think so. Media platform. (laughs) I I don't think so. But I'm curious. Yeah, I'm. He may replace him, but not. Not with himself. Is that or were yeah. you saying in general? Like get rid of the guy. Just just with someone else. No, no, no. I don't mean I don't mean get rid of Parag. I mean Parag is a relatively unknown person in the Twitter sphere. Sure. Elon is the top person in the Twitter sphere. I don't know. I if I if I'm Twitter, what do I who do I think um maybe the most interesting, most impactful? Like like the waves that Elon can make just in this announcement, Doge went up like Fifteen percent yesterday, right? Yeah, when <laughs> yeah, that was my talking about downsides. Like, I know, I'm I know, I know, my I know, mouth a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100 with you on that. But, but, you, but this is exactly like where crazy. my caution with Elon comes from. Yeah. It's like he's he's such a goofball, which is really fun to tweet about and in yeah. news about, and it it is. It, I enjoy talking about him and his goofy exploits, but. <laughs> there's a there's a fine line between being the goofball that's promoting something like Doge as someone that uses a platform and has a gajillion followers, and then there's yeah. there's a totally different line that gets crossed when you you are effectively responsible for how the platform is operated, what is and isn't acceptable on it, and then you're using it as a grandstand to to say your stuff. It it's a funny situation because yesterday. It was just Elon Musk using his fame to to make waves in certain places. And tomorrow, it will be Elon Musk using his platform to bullhorn ideas. And and yeah. one of those is not okay by right. comparison. Not that yeah. it's disallowed, though. I mean, you can do what you want. That, and that's the beauty of it. From, from a free speech perspective, which I don't think applies to social media platforms in the way that most people think it does. And I will say that every time this comes up, um, it, it could be totally fine for him to just use Twitter and change its policies to make it easier for him to get messages out if the way he wants to, right? Like 
this is okay. Do I want that for Twitter? No. Should it be okay for Twitter? I would argue yes. If you don't like it, leave Twitter. Now, I don't yeah. like it because I like Twitter more or less the way it is. Uh, so I don't want to see somebody, you know, take it over, just turn it into that kind of megaphone or, or like a, a different kind of platform in that regard. But it's it's his. He can do it he, with it what he wants. I say it's his. I know he only purchased, what, nine or so percent. I actually saw something that said... Um, yeah, he can't own more than 14.9%. Yeah, 14.9%. Yeah. Did, you, did you see why? What was the... Uh, I can't is, is that just an SEC limit for... Yeah. You know, yeah, like there's a limit for claiming your what, intent. Yeah, yeah. He actually had to refile too. So he refiled the SEC disclosure of the stake to classify himself as an active investor. Yeah, activist, right? Or, or is it? Yeah. is it active? No, or as an active investor. Active. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so. I know that there are rules. Uh, I want to say the active investor stuff is like four or five percent. That's I'm dragging from a long memory back, but. Um, you 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 actually have to file that you have to declare intent um to be actively investing in a company when you take on that much of a stake but i saw the headline that said he couldn't own more than 14.5 and i'm wondering if that's just an sec line in the sand in general for um people trying to i guess organically own more of a company and maybe maybe yeah, that's it maybe and i don't it know it's more of a merger and acquisition but that doesn't make sense cuz he's not using business yeah. money to well the the challenge money. is that he i think it i think is a board it was a board set limit um to mm. try to stop him from um basically doing a uh, i don't know if like hostile, hostile is the right word but yeah hostile takeover but uh yeah they capped his ownership at 14.9% oh, okay so it was on the, the Twitter while he's on the board it. yes yeah. i got gotcha. you yeah. Yeah, I wonder, was that already in place or did they put it in place for Musk? I think they put it in place for him. Mm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they so they place. are scared. Well, but it, it's, it's an well, interesting... Dude, he can partner with somebody like a Silver Lake or something and he, buy 51%. I don't even know that he needs to. Do whatever they like, want. Yeah, I know. Right? That's the thing. He has so much money that, that that's actually a wise move because on a whim, he could buy more. Well, exactly. And it's the, like I mean, no it, limit. Yeah, he got he got to near ten percent just buying in small chunks daily since January first. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to say the least. And you wonder too, like you know, you were talking about him just kind of you know playing around or whatever. I I my brain like I go guardrail to guardrail on like he's so intentional with this versus you know eh, it was this was just like a, a fleeting thought and he just was no. like, eh, what if I do this over the next quarter? I I'm saying he had enough money to do what he wants in that regard, but yeah. I don't think that he would put a, a 10% stake into something as big and as public as Twitter unless he had plans to use it to his advantage. I, I think at his heart, he's a an innovator, but he's a business person. Um, he he yeah. doesn't go out of his way, or I would assume he's not going out of his way to lose money on any venture that he gets into. So his you got to assume that he has a, a business mindset looking into this and yeah, he agreed. clearly wants the platform to operate differently. Um, he's fond of it. He, he uses it all the time. Um, yeah. But, but th there has to be upside in this forum and who knows, maybe it's what I was saying before he can use it. He can change its policies. He can, he can uh, influence its algorithms to make his position more um, heard or, or useful. Yeah. Who knows? 
Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he really wants to do good with it and he wants to use Twitter to clean up some of the stuff he thinks is wrong with social media. That would be really cool, I think. If and and I don't I don't look How at the do that, and think, oh what an altruist, right? No, that's not usually I think the, the moniker that we'd give to him. But um it would be really neat if he just took his influence and his dollars, he got into this social media platform and his intention was to at least really aggressively try to fix some of the things that I think are broken with most social media platforms right now, which is the way that content is delivered, the way that misinformation is so easy to spread, the the number of bot accounts that exist in any platform, but Twitter in particular, is astronomical and awful, and it never seems like they're doing enough to try to stop it. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool if Musk came in and was like, I'm done with that. Like, I don't yeah. care about those advertising yeah, dollars over. or whatever, like bots are dead. It would be yeah. so cool if he came in and did that. Not, I don't necessarily think that's what he's going to do. I don't. Well, they don't. Has they don't get advertising. They don't get advertising from bots. Uh, fair enough. I'm just totally saying, separate, like promoted tweets, uh, totally separate than no uh, than bots. Right? It's a in, way in around having there, to pay for advertising. But yes. I yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a good point. Right? It's just that. But but it's the it's the way that bots can be used to force trending, and trending is drawing people's eyes in, and people's eyes in right. ultimately affect advertising. I guess that's what I was getting at. I wasn't trying to say that people are paying to have bots on the platform. That would be really easy to shut down. But they they don't seem to have a strong interest in shutting down bot accounts because I feel like when when I'm using Twitter. I can identify some bot right on the surface. And if I can oh, tell sure. that that's a bot, then Twitter freaking knows it's a bot. <laughs> well, if they go after so, it, then, I mean, because there was a period, it was like three or four years ago, they went through and they deleted a massive amount of yeah. like fake or dead accounts, something like that, right? Like uh-huh. I remember Michael Dell had gotten to like 1.1 million followers. And then the uh-huh. next day after they did this, he was at like, like 640,000 or something like that. <laughs> And that's, that's just one example. I mean, you you can look all, all across. I mean, there were there were people with you know 10, 15 million followers sure. that were then cut to like seven million followers. Like it, it's insane right. the amount of it is absolutely just, insane. But I but um, I think in in but, Twitter's yeah. case, like as a as a publicly traded company, you your trending influencers and the number of followers they have is one of those things that maybe maybe it's not you know going to be put in their ten k or something, but people see it and they think, wow, like 40 million people are following this individual, this head of state, this, whatever it is, like Twitter has a lot of activity. And then we find out 25% or so is, is bots. Like that looks bad for the platform. Yeah. It looks bad if you well, have if they clean that, up. Dollars to spend and that sort of stuff. So, so it's kind of, it's bad if, if they don't do it and then it's like worse if they do do it and they, they, take them all off the platform, try to clean it all up. And then all of a sudden their monthly active users, daily active users gets cut by 30, 40%. And now the platform looks like it's dying. Right. And this is where I'm hopeful. It's weird. Yeah. Cause I'm hopeful that something, someone like Elon can come in and say, I don't care. And, and I own enough of this to influence, like we will fix it and then we will make it better and it will grow the right way instead of with a bunch of bots. Um, That would be really cool. And, and I think seeing, seeing him step in just you're saying there's a chance basically so yeah. i i don't know that anything that cool is going to come of it um but i am i'm pumped to see that it might happen so well let me ask you one last question on it and then we should we need to move off of it but like where do you fall along the spectrum of i'm kind of on this side of of uh, this is interest this is entertainment 
in my mind. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just entertaining to see this stuff happen. And I mean, ultimately, like if, if Twitter becomes a burning hole in the ground, fine, whatever. Like it's not that big of a deal. See, Uh, no, I, 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 no, go ahead. Well, the, the other side of the spectrum, like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, every time we pull up news, I just try to find what people are saying about it. Right. And then there's this, this guy just pulled up here, um, determining, trying to determine whether or not to say his name, but, uh, how do you, he says, how do you know when a radical right-wing billionaire is dead serious about increasing his political power via propaganda designed to establish an oligarchic regime? Musk may become just as dangerous as Murdoch, but together they could be deadly for America's democracy. Right. And so my brain is like, am I missing something? Because I'm kind of looking <laughs> at this as entertainment. We're talking about an edit button. And this guy's like, you know, political power, propaganda, oligarchic oh. regime, deadly for America's democracy. Which is it? Like, where are we on that? Well, well, for starters, I don't think it's a I think I think that's a false dichotomy. It's not one or the other. It, it could land anywhere in between. OK, it could be entertainment about the death yeah. of America's democracy. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. I mean, there's always good dark humor in any of that. No, no. But that, I mean, that was I was kind of hinting at that. Not I didn't take it so far down the conspiracy tinfoil hat side of things. But one of the scary outcomes of elon being so involved with twitter is that it could just become a megaphone for the things that elon wants to to blast out there that's that's not good in my opinion um i'm not saying it's illegal i just don't think that it's a good thing for something like twitter for a platform like twitter i i don't i think elon because of how popular he is runs the risk of people idolize him perhaps to a fault Right. And, and maybe perhaps isn't even necessary there. I think some people absolutely do. We see that stuff happen. He, yeah. he can disproportionately influence people with his viewpoints. And if his viewpoints continue to be considered radical, that's likely not a great thing either. I mean, Murdoch is a, is a perfect example. I, I think he's even quoted as saying he's lost control of his his media platforms, right? So, and who knows, he could just be hiding behind a curtain in that case. But but if you look at Murdoch-owned media, it, it's a lot of it's pretty spicy. <laughs> not in a great way, sure. right? So, yeah. so Musk, I, 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 Musk my brain doesn't do actually something. even come up with anything there. So I'm, I'm not even sure what that is, um, what, what you might be referring to, but... I just uh, look I mean, at I know look who at the, he is. But. Look, look at Murdoch's media empire, and you'll start to understand, you know, sort of what yeah. what elements are part of it, right? You know, his. Okay. I, 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 I don't want to get it. into that rabbit hole right yeah, now yeah. either. But but Musk Musk has enough money, and he has, and he's outspoken enough that there there are risks in that regard. Like, what what does he really want to do with the platform? Do I think that he's going to turn around and immediately erode democracy? Not necessarily, but. We know that he pushes back really hard against even the SEC and how much they want to have influence over people doing arguably illegal things with their money and their words on social media. Do we really want a billionaire that now has a Twitter-like megaphone to fight the U.S. government on basically antitrust? I don't know. Yeah. Probably not, though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's good content, though. Yeah, it really is. And and I I like it because it's entertaining and I think it's fun. But I also think I think looking at this, I look, put it this way. I think we're going to find out whether we like it or not. And if it gets ugly, hopefully we push back on it really, really hard as a society. But regardless, there are also lots of other really interesting things that could come from what appear to be his penchants and 
a social media platform. He's clearly interested in cryptocurrency and how it's going to be regulated. That's fun because Twitter has already made some attempts to get involved in that space and they kind of flopped or fizzled or didn't even really get off the ground at all. Maybe he breathes new life into that and makes Twitter an interesting place to consume, trade, understand whatever cryptocurrencies. Do we need that? Do we want that? I don't know, but it could happen and that's neat, right? Like he's he's into enough stuff that a social media platform could be a really neat springboard for some of it, even if it fails catastrophically. And he seems like the kind of guy who will throw money and ideas and some time and energy at an attempt to get something like that off the ground. And he clearly has a business mind for it. So we might actually see Twitter get into spaces more successfully, not spaces, that was the, the wrong word since they're literally trying <laughs> Since to they have spaces. a thing called spaces, yeah. Right, not intended. But but that could be really cool. So I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I fall on one side of the spectrum or not, but I, I'm very aware that that this isn't necessarily great news. It's just let's see. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, let's uh let's, let me drop some let me drop something else on you. Uh, canoe wins NASA's Artemis crew transport vehicle contract. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. The chat from Kieran. Yeah. The vehicle um, must seat cool. nine, have 50 miles of range, and be emission-free. So this is when astronauts finally return to the moon with NASA's Artemis project. Their journey to the launch pad will be fully electric. Oh, this is... Okay, yeah. never mind. This is this is ground transport. <laughs> this is ground That's transport. When I saw 50 mile range, Dang I was like, it. whoa, 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 whoa. What's this for? And, and it's yeah. literally a news article about having an electric vehicle move... Take them to, to the rockets. Like... At the space, never mind. That's like next. I was like, let's get one of these bad boys on the moon. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> wheeling around. I'm legit sad that there was probably a full blown RFP to make that decision technically, whereas they could have just bought an electric sprinter and been done with it. I don't think they sell this <laughs> yet, by the way. But, right? but like that is not something NASA should have spent money determining. And they also yeah. don't need a custom vehicle to go from A to B. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that should have I mean, been it's like, They could have put them all in Model 3s, man. Just so, well, astronauts don't... So they don't travel light, right? They they need space it's for their equipment bags, for cooling units, sufficiently wide doors to allow for spacesuits. And I'm joking and a little bit. but No, I, I, I know. I know. I think we were close <laughs> enough to fleet to vehicles that are electric... That that going through a process and making a decision to have a subcontractor design a van, a minivan, because that's what it is. They yeah, they, yeah. they went out, out of their way to contract a company to make an after school minivan like electric vehicle right. just for NASA. And that's well kind of silly. Can you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like they're making this I think I feel like they're gonna make it well. Oh yeah, is it only for this? Like they're it's not going to fifty mile range. Is, like, it's 50 worthless. Yeah. Well, when I, I know, and so when I saw that, when I I know, but when I saw fifty mile range, I was like, oh okay, so that's going to be on the moon. This will be really on the interesting. Moon. That would be uh, terrible on the moon. Are too? they going to recharge it? I uh, no, I know, I know. And <laughs> it's going to need different tires. Uh, oh, never mind. Okay, I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jeff, here's another one in here. Jeff Bezos and Amazon just hired everybody but SpaceX for Project Cooper. I saw like that. Uh, I did not read you it. Say that. What, you pronounce it Kuiper? Yeah. I think it's Kuiper. K U I P E R. Yeah, the Kuiper yeah, Belt. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's uh, see. What, so what's that all about? I mean, obviously, they, Amazon not choosing um, SpaceX why, makes a lot of they're sense. Putting but, ton of, they're, I think they're putting a ton of satellites in orbit is what, I'm, is what I think it was. Is, Largest commercial is, launch deal ever. Final, is, finalized is Kuiper, agreements. Kuiper's not, not SpaceX's um, Starlink competitor, is it? Uh, might be. Might be. Because uh, I remember, uh, and I don't remember the code name, so Kuiper's not uh, ringing any bells for me, but I know that that Amazon, or, or at least Bezos in some form or fashion, was uh, working on a competitor for Starlink, and, and that was part of the problem with what they were trying to launch, as I recall. But I don't know if this is the same... Yeah, it is. Amazon's Project Kuiper seeks to bring fast and affordable broadband internet access to tens of millions of customers. So, so this, I wonder, I feel like I yeah, remember right. Musk tweeting that he wouldn't take this payload into space, which I'm not sure is legal. So perhaps I'm misremembering that, um, right? That's anti-competitive. They're, quote, not in the same space. But uh, I wonder if it was... What? Amazon. No, it's not anti-competitive. What? Hold on, back up. Musk. Spa he can choose not to. He can choose not to launch their satellites to compete with his own satellites. Now, I know. Actually, in in certain situations, that's not true because he has become one of the. Yes, he his SpaceX has become one of the de facto affordable ways to get satellites into orbit by by telling your competition they can't use that basic necessity you are being anti-competitive that would be like think think of it this way if broadcom produced 5g no, radio it, chips like, and then broadcom decided if think if broadcom had developed android and then said yeah. you can't use broadcom radio chips for anything unless you're using uh android that would kill apple because broadcom is in everything if spacex is <sighs> the best way to get things into space i lost you again you there? That my connection is bad. You there? There you go. You're back. Uh, am I back? Yeah, I don't know. Yep. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, I just I I was sighing because I I just disagree with that. I mean, he built he built rockets to put his own stuff in space. If Jeff wants to build rockets nope. to put his nope. stuff in space, then do it. There's if, nothing anti-competitive about rockets that. to send his stuff to space, then he shouldn't be commercially using the rockets to send anything else to space. Once you're commercially using the rockets to send anything else to space, it doesn't matter what the payload is. It should go through the same compete process. Well, so if why I'm going to pay you to send what? Why aren't they using that, SpaceX that's why I'm. That's why I'm saying it may not have been SpaceX that said no. Amazon may very well have said, I'm not going to give you money to send my satellites into space for this competitive product. It yeah. is literally just a, I don't want to further feed your fires, but, but I'm saying SpaceX saying no is different than Amazon saying we won't use you. Mm. Okay. And I, and I do think SpaceX wonder, is too important for payloads getting to space at this point that they should not be able to tell competitors that they won't send their stuff. Yeah. I wonder if Amazon is not wanting to pay them anyway sure. for the trips. Giving them more experience and more, I don't know. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, let's see. Aside from SpaceX, this purchase represents the vast majority of any, quote, spare launch capacity for larger rockets in the United States or Europe over the next half decade. That's wild. Everything and the that's irony, going on. Yeah. The irony launches. of Amazon choosing anyone but SpaceX for this venture means that 
everyone else will pretty much only have SpaceX to choose from, which means that their prices are likely to go up, which is just a boon for SpaceX. Like you can't win in this situation if you're Amazon. If you yeah. choose not SpaceX because they're your competitor and you don't want to hand them over money, but then you literally sap the entire payload capacity of the world's rockets in the same period. Yeah. You just gave the biggest gift to SpaceX ever. So it's uh, it's lose-lose for them when it comes to the rocket side of this equation. But I'm super pumped that we're going to have uh, um, Starlink com- competition. I, I love yeah, the idea too. of having uh, space-based connectivity that is modern and that there are multiple yeah. players in it. Um, I'm, I think, did, didn't Google kill the Loon, Project Loon? Yeah. That yeah. saddens me greatly. Well, they didn't kill it. They just, this realm. well... I mean, I guess you have to say it like killed by Google, right? But because that's kind of their, their ah. trademark. But uh, they just stopped it. They were like, okay, that was successful. Now we're going to stop doing this. But yeah. No. Well, but it. if it was um, commercially successful. We didn't even get to talk about stop. Fast closing its doors. I wanted to get I into that, but. I didn't uh, know. Fast closing its doors. Yeah, payment. Stuff. Just, yeah, payment um, stuff. Sorry. But to close this one out, though, or to hit on a few other things, huge contracts. So who they are hiring, United Launch Alliance. I didn't know them. ULA. Uh, how is this pronounced? Arian Space? A-R-I-A-N-E Space? No idea. And Blue Origin. Ah, uh, that one makes sense. Obviously. So. Ariane? Cool. Ariane? A-R-I-A-N-E? So there's 18 launches from them. Ariane Space? I don't know. 18 launches of Europe's new Ariane 6 rocket. Blue Origin, 12 launches of the company's new Glenn rocket with options for 15 more. And then United Launch Alliance, 38 launches of the company's Vulcan rocket. I mean, rockets going all over the place, man. I love it. I love this uh, commercial space age that we're in. I do think that that's super cool stuff. We've yeah. talked about it a lot. It's exciting. Um, I, I think the number of satellites going up into geosynchronous orbit or any of the geosynchronous orbit areas is uh, going to be a problem before here too long. I started hearing more and more about debris and just crowding in general. I wonder what the real tipping point yeah. is and how bad it gets. Yes. Yeah. But you what know, I'm also it, thinking is we need an electrified F-150 on the moon. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Ford can't make enough. Gonna, are we even going to get them? Are those ever going <laughs> to <No>. come out? <laughs> I, no. I, I, I believe the Tesla's dead that Cybertruck's never coming yeah tesla course, tesla cybertruck I, I is say dead. that like the ford that i ordered from my travel trailer is ever going to show up either and that's a <laughs> traditional diesel vehicle and it, right. it's still not in production it's insane get it in 2027 yeah i'll probably need a new truck by then so yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, uh, that that stuff okay. has actually been really really interesting to me though because um, I did I feel, I feel like we talked about this on the show a little bit um, the used market for trucks is a mess uh, the new market if you're trying to go like buy a truck from a dealer is ridiculous fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollar dealer markups uh, nothing to show for it except hey here's your sticker price we added twenty k because we can uh, we're gonna gouge the Dude, f out of my consumers. Yeah, and your neighbor, I was talking to him about the uh, the 2023 Corvette Z06. He was yeah. like number three in Texas yes. on the list or whatever. Yep. And uh, he ended up canceling it because they, uh, they said that they required him to give them a $50,000 donation for them yeah. to donate it to whomever they choose. 
That was that was one of he's, the more interesting. They're still only going to um, charge him MSRP. He's like, that's not MSRP. Right. It's MSRP plus fifty thousand dollars, and you're doing yeah. whatever with my fifty. And, and he yeah. he hates that stuff on principle. He and I talked about yeah. that a little bit. Uh, um, I think everyone. He, he ended up well, no, well, yeah, but but to like to an extreme, right? So he yeah. uh, he and I were talking about the the truck situation, um, you know, like a month ago, and uh, he he bought a truck. He needed a. a a heavy duty truck for stuff he does out on a ranch. But, um, he, he bought a truck from a dealer that he has purchased multiple trucks from, from in the past. And that dealer jacked the price up five or 10 K, whatever it was. And, and he, he needed it. Right. So he didn't really have a choice. Um, so he, he paid the premium and just like, never talk to me again about vehicles. I will never purchase another vehicle from you in my life. And coming from him, cause he's a bit of a vehicle buyer. <laughs> he likes to get lots of cars. Um, like that's a shock, but he, he literally like will not talk to them anymore. It's like, don't call me. I'm never buying a truck from you again. Like it, it's, they lost business. And I'm, I'm curious what, if any fallout there will be, cause we've, we've talked about some of this and we've seen some of like the stuff that was happening with the Broncos and the lightnings and the Mustang Mach-E like Ford sort of publicly cracked down a little bit on dealerships, marking up vehicles. Right. Mm-hmm. But what what's interesting to me is that like we have anti-gouging laws um, and w- what I don't know is what all they apply to. I know they apply to things like fuel prices, right? So uh, there have been situations, especially in Texas with hurricanes and, and I'm sure any of the Gulf states where certain gas stations will jack the price of fuel up like way past normal or acceptable ranges and there will be lawsuits on the back end of sort of the hurricane cleanup end of things that say hey that was gouging here are your fines you know there who knows if there's prison time or anything like that <clears throat> looking at the you the new car market i i can't help but think it's exactly the same like yeah. these dealerships have a stranglehold on supply because they're, they, the way that automobile manufacturers in the united states sell their vehicles is through these dealers and if the dealers get the vehicle, they can just add $20,000 to its sticker price because they want to. And it's like, what? How is that legal? Yeah. Well, dude, there's a lot of... Uh, but um, we do just, have anti-gaptic stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, we should probably shut this down. We should probably yeah, shut this down. Right. We need to talk more about space in the future, too. We need to come back to that. We We've kind of drifted away from that. Uh, a little bit here and there, but there's a whole bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, and there's stuff always lots on. of cool stuff going on. Yes, like the space age that's going on right now is just I don't know, super exciting. Super cool. But yeah, I mean, SpaceX is um, rolling out another Falcon Nine rocket. Um, uh, let's see, Dragon capsule out to pad for AX One astronaut launch. Uh, space station is going to host their first private astronaut team. Uh, more delays for NASA's moon rocket test. Fueling stalled. Hubble just found a massive planet nine times the size of Jupiter forming through a violent process. Uh, dude, uh, watch online as a small asteroid flies closer than the moon later today. Ah. Uh, dude, uh, there's all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. NASA is about to broadcast another message to the universe. What is it? Should they? <laughs> dude, there was stuff in the they? news yesterday about UFO encounters. I mean, cool. It's bonkers. Space is fun. And Hubble's still doing its thing. Space web or the space webs, James Webb. I saw something that said NASA was getting pressure to like change the name of the James Webb telescope. Yeah, I just saw that? that. 
I saw the headline. I have no idea what that's about. It's, do do we not like James Webb for some reason? Um, so most controversy over the name of the new LGBT groups were demanding the name be changed because of anti-gay policies in place at NASA during the period when Webb ran the agency. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, that, that makes right. a little more sense. I don't know that I agree we should change the name of that telescope necessarily, but uh, I also can't say that I know much about the position they're taking. So interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. We hope you enjoyed it. Aaron and I sure did. We missed you, Russ. Come back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. And we'll talk to you on, what is today? Wednesday? Friday. Friday. Bye. See ya. <laughs>